So hi everyone and welcome to another Giant Sisters podcast. I'm Jo Brothers talking with phenomenal women sharing their stories and today I'm really excited to have Diane Foster. Welcome Diane. Hi. Hi. Now normally I do a bio but as your your story is so exceptional would you mind doing your own bio for us today? Sure. Look, I'm not a shrink. I'm not a doctor. I have no degrees in wellness. However, I have a PhD in experience. I was diagnosed with cancer twice, the second time terminal secondary, given a life expectancy of 12 months, 0% chance of 18 months plus. And what can I say? It's just all come from experience. So you're, you're basically a, a walking miracle. Yeah, I guess so. They call it a radical remission. Wow. That's amazing. And I want to hear a lot more about that. I've got some some good questions. But this is the first question I ask all my um, phenomenal giant sisters in terms of your whole life. <clears throat> so the power of intention, how did you design your life or did it just evolve? I had some very specific things in mind with my life and mm. then... As I say, um, God had other ideas. She mm. was laughing the day that I decided what my plan was when I was 13. Yeah. And so, therefore, my life has evolved because some epic failures, you know, in my life plan have come about. So, mm. because of um, some, you know, because of some illness, mm. then I've had to adapt. Yeah. So, really, I'd say that it's evolved to yeah. a better to a better place, in my opinion. It, and that's what that's wonderful and I mean I know a bit about your story and it's amazing and I'd like if you could to share now so I'll ask the question of you know if you can share with us your personal story around um, you know your journey that you went through wellness sure. and and the resilience that you have developed over this epic journey if you could please share with us now so as I said, I was diagnosed, I've been diagnosed with cancer twice. The first time I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer when I was 30 mm. or 31. Yeah. And um, I chose at that time, or what I felt right was at that time, was to do surgery, chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Mm. And I got past my five-year mark and it was awesome, had a bit of a celebration. But then a couple of years later, I just was unwell again, and mm. through a whole lot of events, I ended up being diagnosed with terminal secondary breast cancer metastasized in my mm. lungs, mm. and as I said before, I was given a life expectancy of 12 months, and, and a um, 0% chance of living 18 months plus. The thing was, when I was diagnosed, it just there was a moment, and I think we all have these moments where you either you either hear your own heart, you feel inspired, or you feel some sort of connection, or you're given some sort of information yeah. that really is the the turning point of your life. And I heard three things: mm. be happy, be grateful, and go natural. Right. And at that time, I didn't know what that meant. I mean, what does that even mean? Mm. I've got terminal cancer, and it's like be happy. But you know, I thought if I've only got three hundred and sixty-five days left, then best I do it on my terms. Yeah. And I did what I felt was right. You know, I, I thought I'd be happy for three hundred and sixty-five days, and just in case you're listening to this and think that sounds like a great idea, mm. you can't really do it because mm. life isn't just all happiness, especially you know when you've got terminal cancer. Just saying. Um. So. What I what I what that ended up looking like was being present. 
right. being present to whatever emotion I was feeling at the time. Yeah. And 90% of the time that was genuine happiness. And if it wasn't and if it was sadness or fear, mm. then I was present with that. And I find that if you immerse yourself in being true to those feelings, then they do tend to almost dissipate. They tend to go quicker mm. rather than being stuck in them or trying to avoid them, resist them, mm. and then you get stuck in them. And I also felt that being grateful was really important. And again, I had no idea what that looked like, but what it looked like was being grateful for everything and anything yeah. and everybody yeah. and anybody. And just each moment, I just was so grateful for each day that I did have mm. because I very soon realized that I wasn't afraid of death. Yeah. But what I was afraid of is not living in the days that I did have. And that is the ultimate failure to me is not how many days of my life that I will ultimately have, but living in the days that I, I do have. That's what success is for me. That is so a beautiful, that was my, yeah. Sorry. That's beautiful way to look at life. Absolutely, that is amazing, yeah. Yeah, it is, and I don't know, the, the third part of that was, of course, to go natural, and so I did actually remove myself from the medical system. Right. I wrote a letter to oncology and said, hey, you're offering me candy, and I'm really looking for fruit and veg. Right. Um, and I just went on a natural journey, and I did whatever treatment felt right for as long as it felt right, and I just met my body wherever it was at at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is that we go through life with these goals and intentions and expectations, huge expectations of how life should look and sometimes it just doesn't look like that and resilience to me is reacting or not reacting and being flexible enough with what's in front of you to ask the simple question of given where I am today what is my next best move yes that is a best how did you cope with the was there any ever a time for you where you had, I mean, I think I um, read somewhere um, that you had said that you decided you were going to be an exception, like you almost didn't take the diagnosis as you're on as your own. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So one thing that I did that I look back now, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not a person that's sort of impressed by my own self, but one thing that I did do that that even I look back now and think, wow, that was cool, was when they gave me the diagnosis, I actually asked my, my husband at the time to, my husband to leave the room, and I said to them, how long? So when they gave me 12 months, no chance of 18 months plus, I was the only person there. Right. And I never told anybody that. And the reason I did that is because I wanted a target to say, bugger you, I'm going to live longer. Mm. And that's what I did with that target. And so I just, I, I never felt that my life was um, was the oncologist to cut short or to give me a life expectancy. This is my life mm. and that's how I view it. Absolutely. And you've, um, you've had um, a baby and you've had so many other adventures since the diagnosis of, of both of these things. Can you share a bit more about, you know, how, how that all happened? So, you know, I had 365 days. And so I was going on a journey of being happy and went through this journey of wellness and just being, 
you know, doing what felt right. And at the end of 365 days, my husband said to me, you are seriously a pain in the butt again. You must be well. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I think you're right. This is, I feel really good. And he goes, I know it's been like a few months now and you just get better and better. I said, I agree. And I said, but hey, honey, I've done the math. I'm, I'm not going to have children after I'm 40. Right. You have six weeks. <laughs> and he said, sweetheart, he said, we've been through four and a half thousand earthquakes. He said, we've relocated two businesses. We need to relocate one of them again. You have 11 insurance claims open. You've had a terminal diagnosis. We're living at your sister's because we can't even get to our house. We don't even know if our house is still there. And... You know, there's six of us living in this house. There is no action happening here. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and I said, it's okay. I've booked a weekend away at Akaroa. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No pressure, honey. Yeah. No pressure. And <laughs> so dark chocolate port and taking care of business. Three weeks before my 40th birthday, I gave birth to our one and only son, Jackson James Foster. Amazing. He's now six years old, six and a half years old. Wow. And... It was just, I mean, I look back now and think, what was I thinking? But you know what? I just embraced the day and mm. it felt right. And I'd taken, I didn't know whether I was well or not. We mm. just decided, in full credit to my husband, I mean, what man would go, you've just had a terminal diagnosis, you yeah. think you're well, and let's have a baby. Think, you know, we thought that he would probably do the majority of bringing up our son because I wouldn't be there because yeah. we still didn't really know. So that was just an amazing amazing journey and then I guess a couple of years after that so about three years ago I got curious and I had a CT scan mm. and it showed that I previously I'd had 75% of my lungs had activity or tumour or were collapsed mm. and um, so three years ago it showed that I had no disease or no sign of disease on my lungs anymore. Wow that is incredible that is such it great is. that is such great news Diane I love stories yeah, like this yeah it's considered a radical remission. So there's a woman's done a study about people like me, mm -hmm. and there are a number of things that we have in common. So retrospectively, I've read that, and that's been an interesting, interesting read about innate healing. What is what are the things that you had in common? Can you share any of those? Uh, or? Yeah, I can. So a couple of them are um, increasing positive emotions. Yes. Having something to look forward to. So having something you know in your mm. future that you're looking forward to. Absolutely. Radically changed. Radically changing your diet, herbs and supplements, reducing negative emotions, and I think one of them something along the lines of believing something in something greater than yourself. Right. Mm. So that's a few of them. It's a good book. It's by Kelly Turner. Okay. Dr. Kelly Turner. Yeah. And if you um, have some sort of thoughts about wellness tips, I know that you, you know, work with people. If you could give um, some of the listeners some, I don't know, some top, what what do you consider that you, some top tips you do every day that are sort of like your foundation to keep you yeah. happy and sane and, yeah. <laughs> so my first one would be follow your own heart. Yep. You know, I just think that we are really disconnected from ourselves. I see, I spoke this morning to um, an advanced cancer group, you know, so basically everyone in the room had terminal cancer. Right. And, you know, we're still discussing the fact that people, you know, even with terminal cancer are doing things for their family and not for themselves. Right. And I think connecting to our own heart, you know, this is our life. This is my life. Mm. It's not anybody else's. I don't... 
you know, I don't need to live it for my husband. My husband doesn't even have to be happy with the decisions I make mm. because this is my life. And I'm really clear about those boundaries and mm. yeah. living my life. So that sounds like a bizarre sort of wellness tip, but it is fundamental, I think, to wellness. So you're kind of saying be true to yourself, right? Totally. Mm. But, you know, be aware enough to know yes. whether you're being true to yourself and you're connecting with yourself or that you're actually, you know, there's other forces at play, if you know what I mean. You're living your life on your terms for you, basically, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm not I'm not saying that we need to go through life being incredibly selfish. That's not no. That's not what it's about. It's about, you know, like there's things I do for other people, there's no doubt in that, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I don't do it at the expense of me or I'm aware enough that I, I try and have quite a balanced life understand and that is a very good message especially in today's world where everyone if you say how you catch up with anyone you say how are you the first thing they usually say is busy I'm busy yeah (laughs) it's weird it's like some sort of badge of honor Mm. and it's even you know like I find myself I'm a I do work and I've got a you know six-year-old and you know married and there's lots of responsibilities and all that sort of stuff and even if I am a little bit busy, if someone says to me, how are you? I'm peachy. Have right. you been busy today? And here's the difference. I try not to have a busy mind. Yeah. So while there are certain things I need to do in a day, that doesn't mean that my mind needs to race and be busy. Mm. And the one thing, again, a wellness tip I would say is, you know, we, can, we all have thoughts and we're not necessarily in control of the exact thought we have. However, we are in control as to how we react to that thought and yeah. what we do with it. Yeah, so how I would put that is I try not to take a single thought and make it into a 3D full-length feature film with surround sound. <laughs> yeah, good advice. Absolutely. You know, and what else could this mean? You know, things happen in our everyday life that involve other people. And instead of, again, coming back to that point of boundaries, Mm. instead of crossing over and and making, you know, picking up their stuff and you dropping off your stuff, I like to have clear boundaries and say, what else could it mean? This person could have just had a really horrible day. Mm. It might have nothing to do with you. And I guess that leads into my... You know, my next point, which is just simplicity. Mm. Back to basics. What actually matters? Absolutely. Will this matter in one year's time? Mm. If it doesn't, chances are it's not that important. Mm. Wise. So, you know, it's just not, you know, I say innate healing is just not, it's not actually rocket science. It's Mm. just some common sense looking at the way we want to live and you know there's a whole thing about leaning in and saying yes to things but it's equally balanced with saying no thank you Mm. and I think that's the paradox of life is that what I eat every single day is incredibly important Mm. yet it's not it's really really important yet sometimes having a glass of wine on a Friday is equally as important yeah understand so it's no absolutes to me there's no absolutes and I think that's really important is that I'm not absolute on anything and I think I feel that that is where resilience comes from that's a great a great thought yes 
And Diane, when you work with people or are out in the community, can you share with us ways that, you know, you are working with people? I, you obviously, I think, I know you were in Auckland this week giving a talk and you mentioned um, that you were at one this morning. And, and what other ways do you work with people? So I, I do speaking. So I speak across multiple groups, schools, cancer society, conferences. I do workshops within um, companies all of that sort of standard sort of speaking stuff. Mm. I not only speak about my own story, but I talk about gratitude, resilience, all of that sort of stuff that makes up my story or, you know, that I've, I've learned from my story. Mm. Um, the second part I do is I do, I have actually started doing one-on-one coaching um, with people. Right. And typical resilient, um, typical resistance that I had was I said, well, I'm definitely not going to do that and I'm definitely not going to work with cancer patients and I'm definitely gonna, not going to work with terminally ill people. Mm. And, of course, 50% of my clients are, you know, fit into that bracket. Um, right. And I feel so incredibly privileged to share part of their journey with them yes. and a very, very special part of their journey. Yes. And so I work with um, your everyday person that has no health issues but just feels like they want to get more out of their life Mm. in terms of being more present, being happier with where they're at and just trying to generally resolve things that go on in their head Mm. and, you know, maybe make some tweaks and things to their diet or, you know, their exercise and just their general life. Mm. And specifically I work with um, cancer clients who – you know, just want to talk about where they're at. And I guess one of the things that I'm particularly good at is intuitively working with them on what's right for them and Mm. also just sending them in the right direction as to some of the other things they might want to look at or things that they want to start doing, things they want to stop doing, things they want to continue doing, Mm. so that it doesn't feel this constant overload of I should be doing this, but rather being able to settle into what I choose to do. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and that's wonderful you're doing this work. And if, if anyone's listening and they wanted to um, work with you, do you do um, one-on-one and Skype sort of coaching? Yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, most of my clients are on Skype now. Right. It's a fantastic way of working. I yeah. love it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, so yeah, I'm definitely open to that. Um, do you want me to give my details of how they can contact me? Or? Sure, and we'll also put that in the details of, in the, um, of the show's um, podcast information. But yeah, go ahead, you tell us about fosterwellness.co.nz, or have I just done that? You've just done that, and of course I hang out a bit on Facebook, which is always a great way of people to get you to know you, because you can pick up on, I also do a podcast, so there's just different, you know, different methods of just hanging out with me and getting a bit of, I don't know, maybe just a slightly different way of viewing things, Mm. and maybe just a little bit of a seed of hope as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now my next question will be Sheroes and Heroes, who are your role models and why? I don't have them. I never have. Interesting. I have always... Um, I, I, no, I don't have them. I never have. I've always just felt... I mean, I love people like Kim Hill because she's a complete opposite to me. Right. <laughs> um, and 
Yeah, I, I just, it's been something I've never, um, I've always felt that we should be our own hero in our own life. Mm. And that's what I've really concentrated on doing. Mm, great. It, it's been a, a passion of mine to just get to know myself and not idolise other people or sort of put them on a pedestal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in terms of um, giving back and work that you've mentioned, you do quite a lot for the community there. Um, do you have any anything any new or um or exciting projects that you have planned for this year? That, that are going I do. On? I've got a few, a few speaking events with the Chamber of Commerce, and so I'm really excited about that. I'm going to be back up in Auckland in May, and I'm speaking at the Queenstown Chamber of Commerce Women's Conference in June, and I'm just really um, cementing my sort of more business side of things this year Mm. and that, you know, doing more one-on-one coaching. And the other part of this year that I'm giving quite a bit of energy to is I've started writing a book. Mm. So um, that's taking up quite a bit of, um, I don't know, I guess energy and headspace, Mm. but I'm so excited about it because it's taken me a long time to get to this, this stage. Well, that'll be a really great read. Are you, um, do you have a sort of idea of when you'll be finished it? I ask this as I'm an author myself, and I hate that question, but I had to ask. I'm sorry, because I'd be interested hoping, in reading. <laughs> I'm hoping to um, have something together uh, sort of towards September, October, so maybe out next year. Great. Yeah. Um, and as we we're here in New Zealand reflecting on it, it's our 125 year of suffrage and what are your thoughts on the current status quo here in New Zealand and around the world for the life and opportunities of girls and women? I just feel it's time and I feel it's time that we step up for ourselves and for each other mm. and in our own way. And for me, I've always done things from a place of, you know, strong head and it's been a lifetime journey for me to come from a place of my heart. But mm. we are seeing some just phenomenal women stepping forward mm. from our um, Prime Minister through to um, amazing people like um, Celia Robinson mm. and I just I just think we've got so many fantastic examples mm-hmm. of women stepping into their own in their own terms in their own way in their own feminine energy that are just beautifully balanced that I just think it's our time mm. it's our time to step up and it's also our time is as we bring together feminine and masculine energy to be balanced because there is going to be a natural tendency for us to move way into the feminine, but it's okay for us to come into that balanced point. And I think that's what we're seeing with things like Me Too. It's time, time's up, and it's okay for us to be in that balance. We don't need to swing massively the other way in order to you know, come back into centre. It's okay for us to just stand in our, in our own balance now. Mm-hmm. And I just think we have just... We're just smashing glass ceilings. It's just time. We just know we can do it. And it's just time for us to believe and and just to support each other and to just celebrate each other. Mm. It's just such a, a great time to be here and to be doing the work that we're doing. Mm. I agree. I, I believe it is time for 
a hundred percent like fifty percent male energy, fifty percent female energy yes. in the form of energy, right? So yes. it feels to me we've probably got eighty twenty toward the male mm-hmm. energy at the moment and it's all about balance. So we don't want a repeat of a female system like the patriarch patriarchy was. We want absolutely collaborative and a balanced system. And yes. um yeah, I think we are seeing you know, developments and, and strides and in, in advancements there. So it is a heartening thing to see and watch. Well, Diane, it's been wonderful talking to you and um, we will share Diane's um, website information so you can look her up online and maybe get in touch. Thanks so much for being with us, Diane. Thanks, Joe. Thanks so much for Thank having you. me. Such and a I, pleasure. And I want to say I admire your journey and um, your strength and your... Um, your mind mindset. I think it's amazing, and um, I think you're incredible. Thank you so much. That's okay. Thank you.